Yeah, great Bigfoot um, reference. We all know he's real. No need to harp on that. Welcome to the TMNT Shellcast. Like the glasses? Yeah. Where'd you get those? <laughs> uh, 3D printer. Yeah. <laughs> little little Bebop look. Those um, are sweet. Yeah. I like them. But uh, yeah, so welcome to the uh, TMNT Shellcast hosted by three brothers. Uh, Andrew, that's me. John. That's me. And Chris. What's going on? Uh, so we're currently reviewing the 87 uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle animated series, and the review continues today with dramatic effect, uh, season two, episode one, The Return of Shredder. So we've got a ton to discuss today, including uh, the Team NT action figures. We've got an- another snake draft, villain power ranking. But first, pizza time. Pizza time. So John had the honor of eating uh this podcast episode pizza so take it away john yeah so uh end of last episode i got anchovy and peanut butter which i think it's going to be a tough one but i went (laughs) i stayed true to the um to the ingredients this time i I don't know if i can maybe i can pick it up here let's see i sent you guys i sent you guys a photo but yeah we'll splice the photo in for the uh the viewers out there there we go Looks wet. What kind of what kind of <laughs> peanut butter are we, are we using here? It's just natural natural peanut butter. Brand? Uh Teddy's. See the right, Teddy's gonna... I think that was a mistake because it's so oily and the fish is also no, this, oily. There's not a lot of oil on this one though. Yeah, it like got mixed in, one so jar of not... Teddy's that has no oil in it. No, no. It was like originally, but when you mix it in, then it sort of okay. I'm gonna eat this. I almost time to stir my peanut butter and just eat it. <sighs> Small bites, John. Small bites. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I feel like that's going to be good. It's just salty, like sensory salty overload sweet. on salt. Hmm. He likes it. It's kind of like a Ooh. peanut butter and salami sandwich, I would venture yeah. to guess, so that, with cheese. <clears throat> Ooh. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh. The Ooh. aftertaste. It's just the, the anchovy itself is just so salty. And then the peanut butter is not really bringing anything to the table. I feel like oh. the peanut butter would like overpower everything. Oof. Maybe your problem was you didn't go fresh anchovy. You went canned. Let me just let me try it without think, the sardine here. I think canned is the way to go. Did you go? So tell me how you prepared. Did you go peanut butter on top of the cheese pizza and then anchovy, or do you? Hmm. Yeah. So I basically just went <clears throat> pizza. I laid a couple anchovies on there. And then just put a couple dollops of peanut butter, and then just to cook it up. Yeah, I think the issue is really the the sard the anchovy is just way it's just so salty. The peanut butter is. I mean, let me me just try this. Should have gone fresh. I told you to go fresh. How do you even get fresh anchovies? You go to a. He's in. He can go to a seafood place. I don't mind the peanut butter so much. I just had to take off the intro because it was too too much. But overall, I had ten. I'd probably give this like a three, maybe three out of ten. <clears throat> Wouldn't recommend. I think if you did like 
Like if you took it and took the anchovy and made like a peanut butter sauce, almost like a Thai style pizza, I bet it would be pretty good. But put a little ingredients, yeah, ingredients themselves are kind of yeah, no good. Well, for just a reminder, or for anyone that's joining us new, so every episode um, we do a segment called Pizza Time, where we spin a wheel and at random. Um, one of the hosts is assigned to eat a pizza that was mentioned in a previous episode. So we'll, we'll conclude the show with a, a new pizza time. But, uh, unfortunately, John got probably the worst combo yeah, to date. That's the worst one by far yeah. for once we've yeah. picked. Absolutely. All right. Well, uh, I'm anticipating you're going to throw the rest of that out. She's going to I town the- on it. I took the anchovy off. I'm just eating the peanut butter, which isn't like terrible. <laughs> I'm kind of hungry because of lunchtime. So that's fair. That's fair. Cool. Well, um, this is a long episode, so th- there's a whole lot to discuss. But I thought, um, since it is uh, just passing here the, the holiday season, I thought it'd be good to uh, talk about some of the Christmas gifts and, um, in particular, uh, something I got for you guys in the spirit of of the show was. Um, the new Super 7 Team NT action figures. So here's my Raph wearing, you know, matching colors because Raph's my favorite. Um, but uh, yeah, just so John and Chris, why don't you walk through a little bit? Maybe Chris, you start off. Yeah. With, uh, so this, I still have got mine in the case a little bit. So <clears throat> hold it up. It comes in a box with the sweet logo on it. You got the name down below. I obviously got Leonardo. When you slide them up, boom. He comes. So the cool thing about these, and we'll kind of talk about the original ones, but there's more accessories than just like the standard, you know, katanas yeah. for Leo or size for Raph. Um, you've got an alternate head. If you can see it in the corner there. And then for mine, um, he came with a slice of pizza. Looks like a shell, shell phone, shell communicator, turtle communicator. Yeah. I've got Ninja Stars, which we saw in some of the earlier episodes he has. And then, I don't know what these little things are. They're like little yeah, like the yeah. push yeah. dagger yeah. things. Yeah, I have those yeah. too. They look pretty deadly. So overall, definitely, definitely cool toy. Is your turtle com colored? Like mine are red. Yeah, mine's blue on the screen. Yeah. Oh, yours is more. Wait, where's the? Yours is a brighter blue than mine. Yeah, let me, let me go through mine quick. Yeah, go ahead. This John. is Michelangelo. <clears throat> so similarly oh you got a whole pizza box nice yeah yeah so pizza box with a slice and a rogue rogue roni huh yeah and then i have that little this thing right oh here. yeah oh yeah what is that thing yeah yeah the I grappling don't... thing yeah it's like a little grappling thing that nunchucks actually look like there's like metal links and then i have this like half looking weeblow staff thing over here damn i'm all backwards oh, yeah, yeah i've got that little, too uh... i've got that so do you too, know what the book is for i actually i've seen those things it's to like pull back somebody's shield and then you stab them with the pointy part. Mm. Oh, nice. Yeah, I've got that. Um, and then there's I another. Like... Oh, wait. I think in the way back, there's like way more wooden things. Yeah, so pull it off because that's what I was going to show you guys is the OG oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. weapons oh, yeah. are in brown and they, they kept the same color. So I have all the same weapons, but they're colorized there. Oh, that's right. Um, yeah. and, then, and then I have the alternate hands. So that's the cool part is these come with different hands, not just different heads. Right, yeah. Oh, I that's that what they too. are, hands. I thought they were like little turtles. They're just hands. Yeah, so there's uh, four alternate hands, the OG, like, wooden-looking weapons. 
Um, and on mine, I've got mine's pretty similar to um, Chris's. It sounds like. So I've wow. got um, my alternate head, which is actually I have the. This is the original head from the eighty-eight series. I put my all. I put the alternate on because I thought it was more mean and menacing. Um, but then I've got I've got three pairs of size in this box. Yeah, I was going to say I have I have two sets of nunchucks. One of them, it actually is metal. Yeah. Um, I've, got, I've got the stars. I've got the push knife, turtle com, and that we below thing. So the other cool thing pretty, is to mention cool. it, sorry to cut you off, Andrew. The um the description on the back is actually pretty sweet too. I don't know if you guys read yours, but this one actually calls Leonardo the unofficial commander and Splinter's star pupil. So that just asserts him as the best of the turtles. Or the kiss ass. It says he has keen eyesight, too, and sensitive hearing, which I think is weird because those don't ever come up, at least that I remember. Yep. Oh, yeah, let's see here. Michelangelo the... is a party reptile. Even though the sinister shredder may be slicing his way through the manhole cover, Mikey stays cool. Cool because he's the master of the whirling nunchucks. It takes eight pounds of pressure per square inch to break one. Oh, no, to break bone. The nunchucks generate 90 I wonder if that's an act. Is, is that a real fact? In the midst of the most perilous of battles, Mikey can be seen swinging his deadly nunchucks in one hand while dang, dangling a wedge of pizza in the other. Pretty violent, to be honest. Yeah. <clears throat> just, just open the back here. Yeah, I don't know if I have my back. Still. Hmm. He threw the box out. That's like rule number one of toys. Never get rid I mean, of the box. I always open mine. I can uh, give me a sec. Let me check. It's interesting because this is like the backup nunchuck, but it's just like stiff. It's not like loose, you know? Yeah. Yeah. It doesn't flex. Oh, while Andrew's gone, I'll read mine just for the people listening. Obviously, you can't see, but um, Leonardo, the battle commander for the turtles, like his Florentine namesake, Leonardo is the perfect turtle. In the woodless eyes of his allies, he is known as the unofficial commander of the turtles and Splinter's star pupil. Because of his keen eyesight and sensitive hearing, Leonardo is extremely well-balanced, which makes him more skillful when wielding his ever-flashing katana blades. No matter how dangerous the situation, Leo doesn't mind sticking his neck out. His primary objective in life? Cut Shredder down to size. (laughs) Wow, your guys' are long. Mine's pretty short. It says, um, Raphael, the witty voice of the turtles. Raphael is a hothead and the most opinionated, impulsive, and restless ninja turtle. Raphael loves nothing more than to test himself in battle and trains for sheer enjoyment. Exclamation point. He's usually the one to leap into action and it's nearly impossible to get him to back down. So I feel like he's like that in the movies, but so far he like he has a couple snide remarks, but he's not a hothead, I would I wouldn't say in the cartoon yet. Yeah. Yeah, and and again, remember, so these are based these are essentially modernized versions of the eighty eight toys, which were a separate like almost like a separate universe than the cartoon, right? Cause John mentioned this in the past, but the, the original plan was just to get the action figures, um, which spurred from the comics and to get that line going. But they, the playmates wanted like a t- time tested, um, or they wanted some evidence that this would be successful before launching the action figure. So that's where the cartoon came in and the cartoon drew inspiration from the comics, but it's not, it doesn't follow that universe to a T. So it's, this is kind of the weird thing about the turtles is like, there's hundred, like dozens of different universes and each remake is like its own thing almost. 
Um, so I think this is referring more to like the, again, the comic kind of backstory where he is a hothead and he, you know, is, um, is more of a wise guy versus like comic relief almost in the cartoon so far. But, but, uh, the whole reason we brought that up is the, uh, at least in my opinion, the action figures are what got us into the Ninja Turtles, at least me. Um, I remember inheriting a lot from, from our cousins, uh, as young kids and just playing with them relentlessly. The dogs would chew off the arms, but we'd still play with them. So, um, <laughs> so, but in that vein, I thought it may be a good idea too to talk about which of the OG playmates line were some of our favorite action figures before we get into recapping the, the episode here. So John, do you want to uh, kick things off with those and, and maybe we'll go around and you can give one and we'll go around a couple, couple rounds here. Yeah. I mean, I guess <clears throat> I really only remember the original action figures that we had, but I was looking into one of the, the links that you had sent around. They just had the, the playmates like, Hey, here's all of the action figures. And it was almost like a, a checklist of what people like, what you collect, making sure that you got them all. So I was just skimming through one and apparently they came out with like Halloween themed action figures. So they had Don as Dracula, uh, Leo as the Wolfman, Mike as Frankenstein and Raph as the mummy. And so I was just pulling out some pictures of them. Actually, like I'm always like a big fan of Halloween themed things. Yeah. Um, so I think those ones are, were pretty cool. They just re-released those too. And, um, a bigger version so it's it's mm. ironic you mentioned that because i think for the holiday season like for halloween this year they re-release those as part of the i think the super seven line um and the people love those like the yeah. especially the the frankenstein who's frankenstein uh michelangelo at least yeah pe- people love the frankenstein mike so timely uh timely mention there chris how yeah, about you the one the one i remember most which is funny because it's not even a ninja turtle but is um Genghis Frog. So we yeah. had we had just like we should, actually I think we have photos of it somewhere, like somebody's birthday party with the sewer and everything. But I just remember we had like that big box. It was like a TMNT box full of all the action figures just kind of thrown in there. And I would always I just like in my brain I'm picturing it in Genghis Frog, who is basically like a frog in a Hawaiian shirt, like lounging in a pool float, I feel like. <laughs> he was the one that I would just like I always remember seeing. And we haven't I still don't know who he is. Like I'm curious to see when he comes up in the in the cartoons because he's like vividly burned into my brain, but I have no idea where he's from or what he does or anything like that. Um, and then the other one that came to mind, John and I were talking a little bit about it earlier, but I think it's Swan Duncan Donatello, who's basically just Donatello wearing a Michael Jordan Bulls jersey, which obviously in the 90s was huge. But it's like, it's, it's funny how... I don't know if it was a copyright thing, but it's literally just like a replica of the Bulls jersey, except there's no Chicago on the front. He's wearing number 23, though. Yeah, so for the um, uh, Genghis action figure, so those guys show up in episode eight of the season. So we won't have to wait too long to uh, to see that. But I'm with you. I remember that one vividly, but I had no idea how he played into the action. Like, I thought he was a bad, you know, a bad guy, yeah. but it turns out maybe he's not. So... Um, but yeah, and then the, the Donatello, um, MJ, I do remember that one vividly too. So that, the, that's, that's a good one. Yeah. What the was the Ace, one where he's duck action figure? He's duck. Incredible. Yeah. I don't know. Angel, I about, still, Angel, I still haven't favorites? seen. 
Uh, I had two that were pretty vivid for me. I mean, that list is long. There's like over a hundred. So I didn't, I didn't go through everyone, but the ones I remember and specifically we're looking for is, um, the, uh, mutating series. So they basically, um, I don't know if you guys recall, but there were a version of the turtles where you could like open the back shell and flip out the arms. Oh, yeah. So it went from a oh, Ninja turtle yeah. to like a crawling, like normal turtle, which yep, I thought I was cool. Awesome. Yeah. Um, so that was called, um, it was released in 92. It was called the Mutatin Ralph or uh, Raphael, Leonardo, Michelangelo, et cetera. So those ones were awesome. Cause I, I remember just like morphing them back and forth. And then the other one I really liked were the, again, released in 92, but they were called the tune turtles. And these ones, um, like in this case, and my favorite was actually Michelangelo. And like you, there was this wheel on the back of his shell and you would wheel it up and his tongue would like come out like oh, yeah. an inch that's what that and then one you, was. I and you that. reel it back. And then I think Raph's, um, head would spin, you know, every, every one did something different, but I remember Mikey's and it's cause his tongue was so long. It was, it was cool. Yeah. I think Leo's like the tail of his bandana would spin around or something. Yeah. Something like that. So hmm. those were the two that were probably, probably the most vivid, um, in my mind. I think they, they had, it wasn't just, um, isolated to the turtles. They had a whole tune line, but, um, those were probably the two most uh, influential in my childhood. Yeah, there was, was the Toon, one? Toon Shredder, a couple of the neutrinos, Burn, Irma, and Vernon. Yeah. What was the one that had, like, they had, I think it was Mikey. They were like, carrying a stack of pizzas, and it would shoot a pizza out if you, like, pushed his arm down. Mm-hmm. Do you remember what I'm talking about? You would load the pizza in the back, and then you twist his arm, and it would launch it at people. Yeah. That one I remember. There are, too. There are a whole whole bunch. So we'll probably get well, there'll probably be future episodes where we dive a little bit more into the uh action figures. But I thought it would, you know, it's just something timely and and again, kind of the genesis for our dive into the TMNT universe. But yeah, so um, in theory, it like worked their marketing strategy worked perfectly on us. We got yeah. into the action figures and then watched the show. Exactly. Yeah, like so, 30 years later. Yeah. <laughs> Um, but, but with that, let's, let's hop into the show. So, um, again, season two, episode one, uh, we've got the theme song back or the, the intro, whatever you want to call it. So it's back. Hopefully it's, it's here for good. Um, but the episode opens with Leo and Mikey shopping for groceries. And, um, we've got two scum buckets as I call them trying to rob a cashier, the only cashier apparently, or the only worker in the store. Um, and then fight scene right off the bat, like in the first minute. So Mikey whips out his uh, nunchucks and he's got some pretty solid moves in this episode. So he's not, he's not getting gagged on. Mm-hmm. Um, I did, I did like to the, um, <clears throat> the disguises, they were back to the trench coat and sort of fedoras that they were wearing. And then of course, underneath Leonardo had like a white button up shirt on <laughs> when he like, yeah. off. he's like, of course Leo would have that. I know. I was going to say, yeah, he's the only one that has like an undershirt under his trench coat. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so they rip him off, uh, ensue in battle, I guess, again, I'm impressed. I think most in the scene with, with Mikey and his nunchuck skills. Cause he kind of like, he blocks a bat flying at him and then he throws a nunchuck at a stack of cans, I think behind one of the bad guys. And, uh, and then he, some conversation the that he blows. Yeah. He blows and the cans <clears throat> fall on him, which makes no um, sense because he's in front of the cans and he blows on them and they fall forward. 
Yeah. If you blow out, if you blow, yeah, that makes sense. What are you talking about? You blow out, you take out one of the bottom layers and then it pushes back and everything falls know. forward. Can we also discuss how like he doesn't even use nunchucks like, like he's yeah, throwing as they should be. Yeah. Because well, he's unpredictable. He's the party, it's the party guy. It's the same with Leo though. He doesn't use his swords to like slice anyone. He cuts down the banner to ultimately wrap up the bad guys. And he sliced some eggs up. He was going, yeah. He was attempted murder on that guy. <laughs> That's just a tough thing you like in the way. cartoon. He can't use his weapons without killing people. So yeah. he just has to slice things around him. Yeah. But so they so that um fight scene ensues. Ultimately, bad guys get wrapped up and the turtles are racing to the cashier, who surprisingly is still there. Like she hung around to, to watch the whole scene. Um, but they ask for her to check them out. So they're very uh their integrity is very high. You know, they don't want to just dash with the um, with the groceries. But she says, hey, you basically, you know, you help save me. So it's on the house. Um, and so they take they bolt before the, the cops get there. And as the cops arrive, so does April with the happy hour news. And she's interviewing the cashier and the cashier ultimately, you know, talks through what happens. And she leads on that the crime was prevented by a group of heroic turtles or maybe alligators or perhaps salamanders because she doesn't have her glasses on. Yeah, the funny thing, the two things I caught there also, we got a cowabunga. Cowabunga! They like jump on the shopping cart as they're rolling out the door. And then a very Trader Joe's setup for the cashier there. There's no bagging area. (laughs) So it's kind of just like throw all your stuff on the counter and bag it yourself. Mm -hmm. But you did ask paper or plastic, which I don't even think is a question anymore. I'm pretty sure it's like either you brought your own bags or... If they left plastic, you get plastic. I think yeah. uh, they banned plastic in a lot of areas, so now it's only paper. Which, let's be honest, like paper bags suck. Yeah. If you have to warn people every time they shop to watch out for the handles, there's a yeah. innate design flaw in the paper bag. Like a paper a bag, bag is great. If, it, if it's the handles, you're right. That's the problem. I don't think itself is good. And then remember we used to cover textbooks in paper bags? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Like, what do people do now? There's no bags. There's no textbooks. What? It's all digital. Everyone has, like, digital books. There's iPads everywhere. You know, not not like like elementary school? I think, I don't know if I believe that. I mean, I don't know. Andrew, what what are they doing out in Idaho? I think think the new thing is, like, (laughs) do do you guys recall, like, towards the end of elementary school, like, the um, cling, like, fabric type of book covers? Yeah, those things suck. That was was a classic sign if, like, kid was rich, he had one of those. Yeah, I think that's what, I think that's the thing nowadays. You can't grip those, though, because they're, like, nylon stretchy, so you go to pick it up and just, like... Yeah, I'm with you. I think paper bags were the coolest, because then you could draw on them, and, like, basically, like, whatever you wanted your math book to look like, you could draw on it. If you didn't like it, you just put a new paperback. Or, or the, cooler, the cooler, the cooler thing to cover your books with. Remember ESPN, ESPN the, the magazine? magazine? I was just going to say, it. yeah, because ESPN the magazine for some reason was huge. The actual, yeah. it was like bigger than a regular magazine, and it fit yeah. perfectly over the textbooks. Wow, good times, good times. Yeah. John's reading my mind today. The two action figures. <laughs> We're on the, the same page, buddy. The on the same page, <laughs> you're in the zone. So. um Right, so the turtles um, scoot off with a whole entire shopping cart, and they take the shopping cart too. So they just cruise, and then we. Oh, um, oh, not to interrupt you, there we good. do learn we have two new pizzas this episode. Pizza time. 
as they're shopping for ingredients. We do. And uh, that was actually one thing I was going to uh, ask you guys, because we have two stated. So I, I wrote these down, peanut butter and jelly, which Michelangelo or uh, Leonardo kind of uh, references that Michelangelo ate last night. And he's like, actually, no, I had chocolate chips and caramel fudge pizza. So those are confirmed, but in the opening scene, um, and I don't know if we want to include these or if it's kind of, you know, borderline, but Leo is Leo and Mikey are, um, naming off ingredients that they're pulling off the shelf. And one is tofu and bean sprout. One is desiccated liver. I don't even know what that means. What is it? Desiccated? What is desiccated? I think it's like dried, like, uh, almost like powdered, um, powdered liver. liver. And then wheat germ was the other one. So I don't know if we want to include those because they're no. all disgusting. I think we do. I like no, to get as much were, on the wheel as we can. <clears throat> no, those were just, they. I mean, they were just shopping. They didn't, like, they actually said. Yeah, but John, what do they only pizza. eat pizza? They're putting it on the pizza, obviously. I, I think we, I would like to get as much on the wheel as possible to make it interesting. So my vote is to put it on. All right. Well, when we get to pizza time, let's debate that a little bit more because I do have some concerns about future episodes and how often pizzas are mentioned so to chris's point we may want to include it but let's let's uh ensue that debate during the pizza time segment because we return to the episode and we're back in dimension x now and shredder is begging and pleading with krang to go back to earth and ultimately after some whining back and forth krang concedes and hands shredder a um what I'm going to call the crane communicator, which looks like a triangle, like almost like a triangle, purple triangle, I guess. I Very inconvenient shape, honestly. Yeah, it's like a weird shape. Around. Especially if you're a righty, because it looks like, doesn't it? Yeah, if lefty, uh, it would like curl. It looks like a gun almost. That yeah. would like, if you're holding with your left hand, make a gun that way. That's kind of what it looks yeah. like. It's, it's made for a left-handed person, I think. Yeah. yeah. Which they did on um, Shredder's. Krang, they, they do have some like bickering back and forth. <clears throat> and a couple things I noted. One, the voices that people make when they're impersonating someone else, everyone has like their the own same. way they do it. Yeah. So Krang's is kind of like, he's like, oh, I want to go back to <laughs> to Earth. Uh, whatever. So I just always find those funny that like usually if someone's like impersonating a guy, it's like, oh, well, you know, what are you doing here? Yeah. But, yeah Shredder, Shredder is a bitch. I'll say it. Like he was begging so hard after he's been there what a day. I mean, we don't. I don't know how long he's been over there, but like, Crane dealt with it when he was in Shredder's dimension. Yeah. Oh, I guess he kind of complained about having a body, but yeah, Crane is also being like a little petty bitch too. Yeah. Yeah. This episode, he's like, it's like Crane. I'm starting to. I used to hate Crane. Like I thought he was lame as a villain, but since I'm watching the show, he's like growing on me more and more because he's just all about himself. That's all he cares about. (laughs) Yeah, and. A uh, perfect point to that is, so uh, he concedes and gives Shredder the turtle comm. Shredder jumps through the portal in um, uh, the Technodrome to go back to Earth. And then Bebop and Rocksteady are like, oh, yeah, uh, we're going to follow the boss, basically. And so they go to jump in, and he shuts the portal off right before, <laughs> like just to be a petty little brain. Like he's just yeah. like, yeah. Uh, Shredder, you have to learn on your own that you need to basically rise to the occasion and defeat your enemies and you're getting no help. Mm-hmm. So again, it's like, it's, uh, I think Chris mentioned this a, a few episodes ago. It's like, if they just put all their resources to defeating the turtles, they could, but instead it's like, 
almost stripping away like less and less and less each time. And it just builds the turtles, um, builds the turtles up more and more because they keep defeating Crane and Shredder because of their mm -hmm. petty, like petty, whatever. Um, I did have one in the scene. I did have one comment, um, which you guys may not have noticed, but I did because I'm now rewatching is the new pants for Bebop. So he, he's wearing now just straight up cargo pants, uh, mm. tan, um, army cargo pants, whatever, um, in season or, uh, season one, they were tan cargo pants, but they had like leopard black leopard prints on them. So that is one like thing that they changed. They weren't like camouflage pants. I, I mean, they, they might've been, but to me, they looked like cow spots or like leopard, uh, spots or something like that. So. But yeah, army I think there, makes sense. I think there's new voice actors for Bebop and Rocksteady too, because they sound a lot more like bimbo-y. Yeah, I, <laughs> I think you're right. I think we also, in this next scene, which it cuts to the Channel 6 headquarters, we also get a new voice for Burnin um, in, in this episode. And he's only made a few appearances in, in the pre prior season. But um, when we get to the Channel 6 headquarters scene, April is uh, walking through the door and we're introduced for the first time to Irma, I believe. Is that mm -hmm. right? Feels a lot the like the Scooby-Doo character, whatever her name was. Verma. Velma. Velma. Is that the yeah. one with the orange sweater, like the nerdy one? Yeah. yeah. Very, seem to be very similar styles. Yeah. Um, so Irma is the receptionist at Channel 6, I think. She's sitting at the front desk there. Um, and she is like boy crazy. Like right out of the gate, they they stereotype or, or um, typecast her character as all she's interested in, whether it's Bigfoot or some you know, dreamy guy. She just wants, she's just boy crazy. I don't know how else to say it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Great Bigfoot um, reference. We all know he's real. No need to harp on that. Yeah. Did you see that uh, recent um, post? Did you send me that or did I see it on Reddit? No, you probably saw it on Reddit. I don't think I seen it. Yeah. Uh, somebody was like, this is the most compelling evidence that Big Bigfoot is real. And I didn't click on it because I still, I don't, I don't know if I want to watch it. How could you not believe, how could you not click on that? First of all. Yeah. Because it, I mean, what if it's fake? There's there's a clear line between when it's a fake Bigfoot thing and when it's legitimate. I've seen it. I'm not going to go through it on here. I mean, I, I believe, I believe, but you know, part of part of believing is like you know your imagination, kind of like Santa Claus. He's right? over yeah. in your part of not the docks where you live. He's over in your part of the country. I know Pacific Northwest, baby. Believe. Yeah, yeah, and there's more than one. I guarantee that too. Yeah, they're obviously that's the thing everyone gets stuck on. One Bigfoot, no, 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 population of big, big feet. I just, I don't, I, I don't get, <clears throat> like, how, why, where? He's in the Who? Why, like the forests of Washington State. Yeah, or like in yeah, into can kind of up into that Canada. Well, here's the thing, John. We discover new species of animals like every day. I'm pretty sure. I know, but not like. Like, yes, in like rainforests and like other areas, but in like a deciduous forest. I don't think you well, appreciate how remote that part of the country yeah. is. And especially as you keep going north, like, is it the Yukon territory is like right there? Yeah. Like, there's like pretty desolate Canada. parts of Canada, right? I mean, even like Idaho and um, Northwest uh, or Northeast, I guess, Washington, there's like nothing. Yeah. There's legitimately Silverback no Gorilla. Was thought a legend until the 1950s. I don't know. Those are big apes. Anyway, yeah, but we knew about we knew about gorillas there. though. We'll, we'll save we that for about, the big we know about the Bigfoot apes. podcast, Chris. Yeah, hmm? 
That'll be a spin-off. <laughs> um, so yeah, so we're uh, channel six. Uh, we meet Irma. So then uh, Burn engages with April, and again, very very stereotypical burn he's like always riding april's ass um but in this case he he believes the turtles are the greatest threat the city has ever faced and calls them a menace to society and he threatens that he will give the story to vernon if april doesn't fall in line and go with that narrative and we learn the whole reason he or we believe the reason that he has that perspective is because of his girlfriend i'm gonna assume or wife um, who despises turtles ever since she was a kid, I guess. So Byrne walks out of an office that has president on the door in this episode. Is he the president? I thought he was just like the like the chief editor or something. He's the president of Channel 6 News, I guess. I guess. Yeah. I think he, so. He's a guy in charge. I don't know if he's called, hmm. if you call him the president or not. But Which like, I mean, in the dynamics of an office, how <laughs> often would the president be talking to the reporter? Especially like they said it in the early, like the third string, like the third best one. You know what I mean? Yeah. But, um, but yeah, so that kind of uh, ends that scene. So I don't know if there's any other comments there, but it was a pretty quick, quick segment there. Seems like, I don't know, like Channel 6, like if I'm remembering their building and stuff from the last episode, it feels like they, they grew. Yeah, it's huge. Their office is giant too. Yeah. But other than that, nothing notable. Mm-hmm. So next scene, uh, we, we get uh, Splinter again meditating. We get the dojo music, which is my personal favorite. And we're back in the turtle layer. Uh, me observation for me is the turtles are sitting in the kitchen eating pizzas like a sandwich. Like they're double handing, fisting, and just biting off <laughs> as if it was like corn on the cob or something. Like no, no slices, nothing. They're just eating yeah. personal pizzas, double fisting them. Yeah. Which is um, very... wouldn't. Not to brag, I went to Italy. Did, a Neapolitan style, the birthplace of pizza in Naples. That's how you, if you order a pizza, like in a restaurant, that's how they, they give you individual pizzas like that. So it's very traditional style pizza, actually. Yeah, maybe. But I feel like it's um, inconsistent with season one so far because they were all yeah. you know eating the, you know, the bigger slices. I will um, say, too, as, as they're sitting around the table, there's a lot of, okay, we need to sort of orient the watcher into like what's happened, basically what happened yeah. in season one. So they talk about like where Shredder is, um, how they got turned into turtles. And I was, it's because like, it's not like people could stream the se- the season one episode. So I'm sure there were like reruns at some point, but if you were sort of new to it, it's like, okay, I need to be reminded of where things stand because this was about 10 months later nine full months later for when these episodes aired for season two. So it's like, okay, we need to orient everyone into what the hell's going on here. Absolutely. So we get another, um, in that, in that, uh, kitchen scene or the uh, dining room table scene with the turtles, we get a, another error. So we have a Leo's voice with Raph coloring. I don't know if you guys noticed that. Oh, I didn't, I knew like their voices just in general sounded different. A little bit different to me. So that's an error there. Um, and then we get a turtleism, a uh, second one of the episode where we get Raph referring to Shredder as Shredhead. Cowabunga! So that's a common nickname for Shredder. So that will come up time and time again. Um, but then that, you know, after the recap's done, uh, Splinter shouts and he, he shouts for the turtles. And in this episode, by full name, is, yeah, 
his, his, uh, yeah, he calls it again, which is again to like reintroduce all the turtles, um, to the, to the viewers, but splinters room is directly connected to the kitchen in this episode. And he lets the turtles know he's had a terrible premonition about shredder returning and senses terrible danger ahead. Um, to which point I think Donnie is like, Hey, splinter, like we took care of shredder. He's in dimension X. It's not, it's not going to be a problem. Like he's gone. And shredder's like, no, or uh, splinter's like, no, I had this premonition during my meditation. It's a real danger. And then we immediately see shredder, um, drop out of the sky. So as, as he went through the portal, he dropped out of the sky and falls into a park, maybe central park in New York, who knows. And, um, has an interaction with like two thugs or two punks that are just waiting, I guess, to rob, you know, some, some by, innocent bystander. Just mugging people in broad daylight. Yeah. yeah. They haven't, they couldn't, they haven't mugged people, mugged someone in half an hour, which is like, yeah, slow very, yeah, very yeah. clear. They wanted people to know they were muggers. Cause I think they mentioned mugging like six times in a row. Within yeah. 30 yeah. seconds. <laughs> so we get that interaction. Um, and, Shredder assumes that he's got his foot soldiers and Bebop and Rocksteady behind him. So he's like shouting orders to people that aren't there. He's like, you know, Bebop, Rocksteady, take care of these, these, uh, these punks. And there's nobody there. So then he realizes, okay, I gotta, I gotta take this in my own hands. He jumps like 10 feet, just backflips straight up. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, he backflips. Yeah. But from a standstill, it's not even like he's running. Yeah. He just straight up backflips and onto a tree branch and then uses his little, um, spikes yeah, and he just karate chops it, and the branch falls and and takes out the the muggers. The one yep. thing I noticed, like the the portal, the portal mechanics are weird to me. So, like in the first season, it seemed like there's a door on each side, and you just go in and out. He just got dumped into art, like the turtles dimension, which makes you wonder when the stone people came over in the first season, like how are they finding that portal? It's just in the middle of the air. Yeah. I feel like Crane needs to work out the tech a little bit more because it's pretty inconsistent. Yeah, for sure. And the wall, the portal wall, was like massive in the Technodrome in this one. Like the entire yeah. wall of the thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and and, and what he falls out of is tiny. It's just like a yeah, little. It's like a one like person little, Yeah, yeah. I did. I I noticed earlier too, like in the Technodrome in Dimension X, Crane's chair is sitting on the floor that, like, the breakaway floor that can like disappear to have people drop through as we we're just talking about the technodrome i thought that was interesting it's like why would why would you put your throne there unless it's like the you know your minion comes escape to you does bad and you just pull the lever and he goes into i don't know where that <laughs> yeah thing or goes, but... or it's like the ultimate you know getaway for the, the the ruler is like i'm just gonna pull this lever and i'm gonna disappear and everybody else will die in this room and i'll be <laughs> you know at the bottom of the technodrome like you know take get my way out it is also you know, maybe it's just like uh, he needed to be in the center of the room, and that's mm, the middle. Yeah, probably. I think like you can't be a ruler and have your chair in a corner. Yeah, but I mean, you're not you're not wrong. The Iron Throne. I mean, that was yeah. right. You know, no front and center. I was what? like up against the wall. Well, I Ish. mean, yeah, but it was. It's the focal point of the room, John. Is what we're yeah. getting at. Okay. Yeah. yeah, I get you. Okay, I'm convinced. So, <clears throat> back to the episode. So. um so oh, after oh that, just one one okay. thing I wanted to mention there. So, yeah, Shredder calls back through his um, communicator, communicator back to Crane to be like, what the hell, where are my people? 
on the back of the communicator, there's like a little battery slot where it's like you would take a coin and like turn it to pop out the battery that I noticed. <laughs> I'm just like, <laughs> this is funny. Like we just have like batteries for this thing. It's not even like powered yeah. on some future tech. Well, so, and he, and he calls back to Crane because he's like, basically like, what the hell? You didn't, you sent me here and you didn't give me any resources. And that's where Crane confirms essentially that Shredder is being punished for failing to defeat the turtles. And he pledges not to send any aid until Shredder proves worthy. Mm-hmm. So, um, and, and then Shredder confesses that he wants world domination and he's going to start, uh, he's going to start, you know, ironically, there's a splash for cash dojo for operation turtle destruction like that's so the splash for cash dojo layer or training place whatever you want to call it conveniently across from the park and you can see it you know right there so he rolls in and his whole plan is to like overtake this dojo for operation turtle destruction and when he walks in the instructor whose name is smash apparently and conveniently um hulk smash yeah so he he's insulted by shredder um and you know there's a little bit back and forth and then shredder you know uses his his uh superior ninja training to uh dominate not just smash but his um you know his attendees of his training class and he takes command of the dojo and then um uh in in that uh, overtaking he shreds a punching bag and then finally again the dojo is like okay you're the real deal. You're the master. I'm going to follow whatever you said. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Very simple takeover, like no real fight or anything. He just walks in, shreds a heavy bag and that's it. Yeah. So then we go back to, um, April, April being confronted by burn, um, for the insidious turtle conspiracy. And April here is now trying to plead, Uh, and be an advocate for the turtles essentially saying like they're not the green menace they're actually the good guys um and there's more discussion and 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 more i guess insight into burn having this position because of the the blonde bimbo girlfriend or or whatever her you know her name is um but she just keeps again they keep playing in here she despises the turtles so we're seeing like burn is you know he's siding with his girlfriend and really just pushing April to like push this narrative of turtles are the bad guys to make the girlfriend happy. Then it goes back to shredder now training what he, what he calls uh, the, the former wimps of the dojo and he's making and ultimately trains them and, um, and makes them into what is called the crooked Ninja turtle gang. Or, like a classic. Like, like, yeah. I, this, to me, this is a genius move by Shredder. This is the smartest thing he's done in the entire show. Yeah. So, it's so like basically, a disinformation what campaign, basically. Yeah. Yeah. So he's trying to essentially, yeah, uh, <clears throat> make these mock Ninja Turtles or, you know, these people that are dressed and apparently look close enough to the Ninja Turtles. And then he, uh, he sends them out and they rob a bank, they uh, hold up a grocery store, and they rob a jeweler or jewelry store. And as, as these things are happening, um, smash, who's, you know, the leader of the cricket Ninja turtle gang, he announces that they're just the Ninja turtles and is, is a way to, you know, spread negative news or uh, uh, negative perception about the, the actual Ninja turtles. 
Yeah, right. So this is all keep, part he's of giving out he's giving out business cards that have a phone number. Yeah. So this is all Imagine like trying to call that number. Yeah. <laughs> like the costumes are so it's just like a t shirt with a shell and then they have whittle whittle paper bags on their heads. It's like the worst yeah, costumes have, ever. And they have like uh sweatbands, you know, like uh basketball, <clears throat> like old school nineteen sixties sweatbands. And Smash, like as they're robbing the jewelry store, he just like like jump kicks the safe and then it busts open all the gems fall out. It's, it's like pretty, yeah. which is obviously solid. how a bank works just jewels in a safe yeah <laughs> oh you know you know so so we learned that shredder's plan is to draw out the ninja turtle so he want the whole uh the whole reason for doing this is he doesn't know that where the turtles layer is so he wants them to surface so that he can then try to defeat them um so that's kind of the the underlying strategy here is to um go out spread negative news that the turtles come to, to defend their, their honor and then attack them, kill them, trap them, whatever. Um, so he calls back to Krang and Krang's basically like, look, Shredder, I don't want to hear about these minuscule updates. Call me when you have the turtles and splinter, like no other time. Yeah. Such um, a, such a power move, but he's like, yeah, don't bore me with these shitty updates. <laughs> like call me when there's actually something meaningful yeah. and bebop rock said, you're just like, Oh yeah. Like, yeah. yeah. And like Krang's like, I want this solved now. Yeah. Bro, it's like, who cares how long it takes you Krang? You're in your dimension next to doing your thing. Yeah. It's also like the whole premise, like Krang's thing is okay. Well, you couldn't defeat the turtles without all my help. Now do it alone. It's like, Dude, have a little introspection. Like, do you think you were part of the problem? Like, you weren't devoting the right resources here. He literally and helped them. He, he yeah, was working against Shredder. Yeah, when he broke, couldn't do this alone. As I was like stabbing you in the back the whole time. Yeah, <laughs> just like get out of here. Like, see you later, Shredder. Don't call me and bore me like f you. <laughs> so at that point, it clicks in Shredder's brain. He's like, okay, I need. I need more help. So he decides to go to the prison or the jail that Baxter Stockman is being held in, who like conveniently is this very comfy room with a large reclining chair and he's talking padded to walls everywhere. Yeah, padded walls. Um, well, I think it's an insane talking, asylum. It's not a yeah. prison. Yeah, a sane asylum. I mean, yeah. either way, though, you wouldn't, be, padded, though. You, you wouldn't be paired with a, an inmate or a, a fellow uh asylum seeker and you wouldn't have like a reclining chair i don't think i yeah, think you're just like, like trapped to a boy. bed yeah. yeah but also the, the like, most interesting thing is he's talking to napoleon yeah yeah who was right? very like, much what? like captain crunch is my, yeah was he popped up and i was like why the hell is captain crunch in this episode <laughs> <laughs> but now that now that i think about it like he's definitely in an insane asylum was this just like a hallucination that stockman was having like where they no, uh, well, like so the last just we heard like of him, think about it they said he had been taken by the police so i think my like logically he probably explained what happened and the police are yeah. just insane dude go to go to the insane asylum but also the turtles are on the news so it would be pretty obvious that he was telling the truth i don't know yeah either way when when shredder just like bare hands and rips like the yeah. window bars open and jumps in from like who knows how far like it looked like it was at least like four stories up. Um, immediately Baxter is like, he relents to Shredder and says, you know, whatever you need, master, I have an idea. And so he, so Shredder shares what his goal is to defeat the turtles. And Baxter's like, oh, I've been watching this 
like construction out my window. I think I can retrofit this um, construction truck or, you know, drilling, mining thing, rig. whatever it is. Yeah, rig to be the ultimate rat catcher. Any points, um, yeah, to tunnel digger, whatever you want to call it, which so backs your pl plans to retrofit. Yeah, just some big, you know, heavy machinery. So that's so that kind of leads into what the plan is. So Baxter, so the reunites with Shredder. Baxter is going to use his tech to build this ultimate rat catcher, get Splinter, and it sounds like Shredder is going to go after the turtles. So he, his plan is kind of, you know, unfolding here in ter in terms of uh, information to the viewer. Then um, we go back to Channel Six, and April and Burn are here in this scene debating if the Crooked Ninja Turtle footage was in fact the Ninja Turtles, which is what Byrne believes and, and furthers his point of them being a menace to the city or in April's perspective, it's not so clear and she wants to get a little bit more information. So she calls Leo on the, on her turtle com, but Donnie picks up and, uh, in, and in that conversation, she asks, Donnie and the turtles to come visit the news station. Otherwise they risk being declared public enemy. Number one, which is weird that they either only have one turtle communicator like the turtles do, or for some reason, like Leo didn't have his on him. Yeah. yeah. And I was thinking it's basically just a walkie talkie because like they're all on the same channel and, and she calls in and like you said, somebody else picks up. So what was Leo doing? He's probably training cause he's such a hardo. Um, but yeah, they made it very clear it was she was calling for Leo and Donnie picks up. But also reaffirms that he's the leader again because she's calling yeah. him and not stupid yeah, Raphael. Donnie, Donnie just futzing around with the van. Like, what was he doing? Tuning it up? Yeah, I think well, he's just working on something. <laughs> it's very unclear what the turtles do in their free time. They're just kind of hanging out, I guess. Well, so yeah, yeah and you mentioned that um, April's, April says, hey, you're going to be declared public enemy number one. And then Raph is like, yeah, number one with a bullet. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, okay, follow boy. But then I was like, what does that phrase mean? So I, I, I researched it. The phrase or the idiom number one with a bullet. Do you guys want to know? Do you want to guess where it comes from? Or do you just want me to explain it? It's got to be like the most wanted. <laughs> it's like the most wanted. Yeah. Or mafia. Like or a Western thing. Yeah. Mafia? Nope. No. So it originated the Billboard Top 100 charts when you had a song that was number one and it was it was like moving up the charts like better than it was before, you would get a little bullet next to it that would indicate, hey, this song is like trending, doing really well. So if you were number one with a bullet, it was basically like you were number one that week and like only going up from there. Oh, interesting. Yeah. That is a fun fact. Yeah, that's a great fact. That should be a Jeopardy question. Yeah. Um, all right, so... Then uh, next scene is that the turtles are, you know, again, apparently, I don't I, this is where I struggle. Are they trying to be like ninjas and in, in, in hiding or are they trying to be obvious? Because they take the turtle blimp, which again has like the big plastered <laughs> turtles like an on advertisement it. for them. Yeah. yeah like we're they, the fucking turtles, bitch. <laughs> yeah. So they ride it to or they fly it to channel six and then they throw some ropes through the window and they, they uh, glide into channel six while the blimp is just like, hovering and parking itself i guess outside and so she brings them up to speed on what's happening so she talks about the crooked ninja turtle crime and all the negative publicity so then and in that uh, conversation she shares some of the footage and leo 
again, being the leader and being so astute, he realizes that their uh, training or their, their actual um, ninja skills appear in his mind to be, um, you know, from one of two people, either Splinter or Shredder, because it, it's a very typical like Foot Clan skill set, apparently. And he knows it's not Splinter. So he's like, Shredder must be back. Mm-hmm. And immediately, like right after they say that, they they long jump out the window back into the turtle blimp. Yeah. Incredible. Also, the, the Crooked Ninja Turtle gang, they're all Raphael. They're all red. Which is like the original turtles in the comics, I think. Even more genius by by Shredder. He could t- also the only thing he could see was him kicking the door open. Yeah. So by jump kicking the door, he knew the exact style. Uh, apparently, is this apparently was Leo, the foot, right? The foot angle. Yeah, this is Leo. Didn't he also didn't he also find the pattern to catch the neutrino car? He's yeah, very, Leo's yeah, like he's brain. big brain. Leo, yeah, yeah, yeah huge brain. Um, so then, right after that, Burn like calls the Ninja uh, Ninja Turtles Green Terrace. I don't know if you guys picked up on that. I did also. So, yeah, I we're... like. I think that's the scene where he like pops out of his office. Yeah. And April's like, what are you doing here? And he's like, oh, like he was getting late at the office, basically. The yeah. Office. Cause it's like after hours. And, and yeah, you're like, like, what is the president still doing here? And the blonde girl like walks out and like pulls him back in or something. Yeah. She's like, oh, tell him. And he's like, oh, and then it like cuts to the next thing. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Burn getting fondled in his office. <laughs> um, so, and then April's like in, in kind of covering her, uh, story, she's like, well, I'm, I'm trying to lure the turtles here. It's like, that's the whole point. And you just basically blew, blew my chance. So, um, burn runs off and then the scene goes now back to, um, splinter back in the lair and he's meditating. And then we get Baxter that crashes through the wall with the, um, ultimate rat catching machine. And, uh, this will lead us into our snake draft here. But before that, I do want to mention, I find it very hard to believe that Splinter in the f- opening scene has a premonition about Shredder's return and like all this bad stuff that's going to happen. Yet he can't have a premonition about Baxter coming to catch him with the ultimate rat catching machine. I find yeah, that that's good. Point. That inconsistent. You know what I mean? Like he apparently he can only sense like the most uh, serious danger or threat and not the immediate danger to himself. Or he has some like ability to sense when portals get opened and he, maybe like some disturbance in the you know star wars like disturbance in the force where he knows someone's coming back so he's like all right something's happening yeah or maybe it's just like it can only have to do with shredder because that's like his arch nemesis and mm-hmm. like Orokosaki and him have like this weird bond but um that brings us to snake draft <laughs> So uh, what I wanted to do today was snake draft gadgets that you would put, if you were Baxter Stockman, what gadgets would you put on the ultimate rat catching machine? And who went first on the snake draft? Last I did. Um, John did last time. All right. So let's go with Chris. We'll go Chris, John, me. How many rounds are we doing? Three. Okay, good. I didn't have a ton for this. Yeah. So my first one, and this is just an observation on how it exists right now. I would swap the tires out for treads. He's got tires on this. It looks like a loader that's been modified, but you got to throw treads on that thing. Tires, it gets to it, but they're the vulnerable part of this thing. So that's an easy number one. Just swap Mm -hmm. those out. 
Yeah. So I, I was thinking, okay, if why well, I have like two categories here, one, if we're actually trying to catch rats, which I guess is what he's trying to do now that I think about it. And then I also put if he was trying to catch the turtles, what, what would he put on it? So I'll start with the rats. I think for the rats, number one, a big wheel of cheese easily just stick it on the front, get them coming in and then you can just trap them. I mean, I think, I mean, there's two things you could have said there for what to put out and you pick the wrong one. Yeah. Huh? So we I'm going to pick the right one. I'm going to pick the right one. I put the peanut butter projectile. Yep. So I think, uh, I kind of went with you, John, like in my mind, it wasn't just catching a rat, but how do we get splinter? And we know every animal in the entire universe likes peanut butter. And I specifically mm-hmm. call it the peanut butter projectile because my thought would be, it would be like launching peanut butter all over like the entire vicinity so that splinters knows like he just can't make sense because he's being overwhelmed with sensory overload. This is all animals like peanut butter. I mean, and rats like peanut butter more than cheese. I don't know. I think science experiments tell us otherwise. Exactly why he wouldn't go near it. Cause he'll get shocked. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I think peanut sending them off that's fine that's fine peanut butter's fine cheese is also good i just i mean i just had a pizza with peanut butter and cheese on it so yeah so then um my next one was uh specifically a callback i think to last episode which was seatbelts yep (laughs) (laughs) there should be there should be seatbelts um this a shredder hologram generator because we saw splinter's weakness in one of the episodes one of the previous episodes was the hologram so i thought if you had a hologram projector and specifically shredder because it would lure him to a specific location and then you could um you could you know capture capture splinter functionally i i like the idea i don't think practically it works you're just gonna have a massive piece of equipment parked like 10 feet away shooting a projection out yeah it's gonna fall attached to it no i I thought point is you're projecting off of the rat catcher yeah so he has to be close. Like you're going to have a projection of shredder and then immediately near that somewhere, you're going to see this big honking piece of equipment. Yeah. So my thought was like, you project it like, you know, opposite direction. And so like splinter starts so, running so and then you grab him from behind. Feasible. Yeah, basically. I like yeah. the effort, but I don't think that works. Yep. All right. I'm just poking holes in there. That's a two. John. That's fair. Okay. I think I'm going to go for this one. Um, laser beams. Just classic. What better way to zap somebody than just have a, laser, just, just have a laser beam on there? Yeah, but we've shown that they nobody has been able to hit anything with laser beams in this whole yeah. series. Yeah, and that's why this one will be more effective because it's it's actually a good laser beam. <laughs> Good lasers. Okay. Yeah. Good yeah sorry. Noted. Sorry. Yeah. Good, good laser beams. Good laser beams. <laughs> Accurate heat seeking right. laser beams. Yeah. My so treads was you guys didn't appreciate how good of a pick that was because it gives you multi terrain. But anyway, there's wheels that are better than treads. Treads suck. No, there's there's not actually. Yeah. You're do you wrong. know what's on the Mars rover right now? Oh yeah. Not what? treads. Those like metal tire things that yeah. aren't yeah that's actually that really can cool go over i don't want metal tires okay I want they treads. never pop they're not inflatable guess yeah. what doesn't pop treads like, also yes right. yeah you get one kink have you ever ridden a, a bike 
Trent, I know more about treads than you will ever know. Okay. Well, wow me with some tread knowledge. They're the best. They can go over any terrain. No. Okay. my second pick this is just pure i'm thinking pure rat catching mode sticky pad shooter damn it i had that yeah so this a little cruel maybe but you catch them alive and they're listen they're they are a little bit mean but they work anyone that's ever used a glue trap knows that they catch mice yeah i had that on my list I added that on my list. I didn't throw it out there because it's probably, in my opinion, the most inhumane way. Like I watched, I remember um, in high school, I worked, we all worked at a grocery store. And every now and then we'd have, especially like fall, winter, or spring, we'd have mice issues in the grocery store. And they would put down those sticky pads. And I one time was by the baler, like throwing, recycling the cardboard. And I saw a mouse on there and it was stuck, but it was struggling. Like, and who knows how long it would have been there, but it was just like trying to jerk itself away from the sticky tape. And I felt so bad for that rat. I just, I wanted to put out its misery, but I didn't want to touch the mouse. So yeah. I just let it struggle and die. And I and regret f- that. For anyone wondering, so I, similar, same story basically, but I was picking up a cardboard display and I didn't realize there was one stuck to the bottom of the display it then stuck on my hand and there was a dead mouse on like an inch from my hand and to get it off my hand took like, I was like wailing my arm around until it finally just went flying to the back room somewhere, but they are very inhumane, but yeah, listen, there's effective. If you're trying to catch a, a rat, you know, it's not all sunshine and rainbows. Yeah. Um, so that's my two pick. And then my last pick, my number three pick, I'm going with a thermal radar system. So how do you find a rat, a big rat in the sewers? You just look for its heat signature, and that way he can, even though he found them pretty easily in the episode, I think it would help to have thermal radar Mm. on there. What happens when you take that steaming dump and it just goes right into the sewer, Chris? You can tell, you can read poop. You can see the outline of the figure. So you just be like, all right, it's a poop. Ignore that. Let's go after the rat. All right. (laughs) Fair enough. If you're catching, if you're going for one human-sized rat, not all rats are as big as Splinter. But we're going after Splinter. Specifically, yeah. Oh, I thought it was just rats in general. Well, whatever rats, you can still tell what rats look like on there. So here, I have a question for you guys. I saw something recently. It was like a video at an airport, and I've seen it a couple times before, but it's like the thermal camera, and you can tell when people fart. Right. It's yeah. like, oh, like, yeah, because you can see. Is that legit? Yeah, like, I think so. In there, you don't see them like when people breathe. I just don't like how could farts be that much hotter than breath? Like you're not, you're not seeing the people breathe. I don't know. It's you got to get one. Test it out. Farts definitely warmer than your breath, though. I know that. It depends on if it's a if you're letting it slow or fast, kind of like, <laughs> you know. <laughs> uh, all right, what's your three, John? All right, what's your number three. All right, so I, right now I have a cheese wheel. I have laser beams. I got a couple of things. I think what I'm going to go because someone stole sticky pads. I think I'm just going to go with the the grabby claws. That like pincer you know what, claws. 
Like yeah, when, like, like when you're a short, like a yeah, like to get out the top those, of a yeah. shelf, it's like, oh, I think I'm just gonna go with those because you could like, yes, this is big piece of equipment, but you could just go and pincer them, and it it seems it seems as though the turtles and Splinter are very susceptible to just like surprise pinches from the back, so that's what I'm going pincer claws. Yeah, I think that's terrible. Um, <laughs> however, my my third's maybe not that much better because I did have the sticky tape, um, which Chris chose so i'm gonna have to go with my honorable mention which is uh we know splinter likes sushi or raw we, fish so from the first and second episode i believe they liked it i thought they did i know like he it. offered it to splinter yeah. splinter loves it we know he loves it he doesn't like pizza he likes raw fish I don't know, i'll agree with you but i don't know that we know that yeah all right well i'm going with that narrative because in this um gadget it's a sushi food truck pop-up disguise to lure splinter to him and then all of a sudden it like transforms into whatever catching machine so that's my sushi truck disguise sushi sushi food truck pop-up disguise so here's my issue with that cardboard cutout that you just place in front of it and then it falls over and reveals you're telling me that that's better than pincer claws yeah john you're basically downgrading this guy's machine with your choices one okay one Food trucks, I don't think were a thing in the in the late nineteen eighties. Yeah, they were. I don't think so. Roach coaches, John, construction sites—they've been everywhere. Not a sushi one. I don't even know that sushi was that popular, but okay. I think food trucks were like two thousands. I have God, no idea. So hot if... dog carts, come on. They always. Break. Chris, a hot dog cart is Chris. An ice cream truck. A hot dog John, cart when, is very different. John, when were laser beams uh, big in the eighties? They've been big forever. 50s, I would say. Yeah. We've been Ever shooting since lasers since. became big. Yeah. But, I mean, point taken. Yeah. Effectively. Andrew, have you seen Star Wars? No, never. They referenced Star Trek, too. I yeah. bet that has laser beams. You know what? Actually, John, let's cut you off. A better pick than laser beams would have been a tractor beam. Yeah. The where it just like, in nice sucks and them slow. In. Yeah. I had vacuum hose on my thing, but I guess tractor beam would be better than that. But that, like, those things are so slow and ineffective. Well, to every, recap, every show I've seen them in almost. Anybody have an honorable mention? How about you throw in, uh, let's recap our three and then throw in an honorable mention if you have it. Chris? I honestly only had the three that I picked. Which, I had an oil slick, what? but that's not really like useful. <laughs> that's just a cool thing to have, especially if you have treads. Yeah. And what, what well, were your for people that are chasing you? Oil slick out the back to get the whoever's chasing you off you. So oil slick, honorable mention, and then what were your one, two, and threes? Um, treads. I took. I took the sticky mat shooter, and I took um, the thermal radar. Yeah, thermal radar. John, how about you? I had the cheese wheel, laser beams, and pincer claws. Any honorable, honorable mention? mention was yeah, I just I mean I had a vacuum hose on there, but tractor beam probably would have been better. So and I went with uh peanut butter projectile, shredder hologram generator, and sushi food truck pop-up disguise. I have no honorable I think mention. I clearly won this one. This is easy. We'll let the fans decide. And uh yeah, so now returning to the episode, we've got the turtles. Um they return to the lair they find splinter is gone he's just been captured by baxter and they assume 
shredders behind it. So they follow essentially the tunnel that the, that Baxter made, um, and engage with the crooked Ninja turtles who try to attack them. So we get maybe the cheesiest fight scene so far, um, or the most cliche, like cartoony. So Leo, he cuts into a, uh, couch that was thrown away or is it, uh, are they in like a junkyard or recycling yard yeah, or something? Yeah, they're in like a dump know. or a junkyard or yeah, something. Yeah, a dump. Like a yeah, so, he, lot. so he like flips and like slices into this couch and, um, two of the Crooked Ninja Turtles pursue him and they like go to jump on the couch, but these like springs like just like capture their legs. Like the springs pop out and capture two of the Crooked Ninja Turtles. I thought they just launched him, like flew him in the air. No, or maybe launched him. I oh, think they, they stuck, stuck on him, yeah. I, mean, I, wish, I looked at it again because it was, of all the things that happened, it was the lamest by far. Yeah. But when he jumped head, like, in. Did it stick into their feet? Like how does this, <laughs> you understand how it worked? When he jumped and cut the couch, I was like, that is the lamest move I've ever seen in my life. Like what was that for? Yeah. But then it was yeah. like, all right, well, he caught a couple guys, so. But then, but then it continues because then Raph, he like kicks two oil or some sort of barrels, uh, metal barrels, um, like down a hill and it, like they bounce and they just like fall on two of the Cricket Ninja Turtles heads and it just like traps them like very cliche cartoon, you know, bad guy thing. Um, then it cuts to Donnie who starts like flinging tires with his bow staff, um, like again, down a hill or something. And it just it does the whole cliche like tire over the arms and they just get stuck like with three or four tires lined up on them. And then Mikey just banging on trash cans while he's singing. <laughs> he didn't even yeah. capture anyone. He just is hitting the ones that were already in the yeah. drums. Wasn't he? I, th- yeah. I guess. Yeah. Um, is the yeah. worst. Yeah, <laughs> for sure. Uh, and then, yeah, and then next we've we've got uh, the turtles tying up the the dojo, so Smash, the you know the the leader of the Crooked Ninja Turtles, and he spills the beans immediately on Shredder. So he flips. He confirms Shredder, which Shredder has not done a good job of recruiting anybody that's not going to flip on him. Like all these yeah. guys immediately just sell him out right away. Zero loyalty. Um, but he like points over to a wall, um, part of a building, <laughs> and it's a message that Shredder wrote in white paint or something. Um, yeah, that, it says, meet me if you dare at the slash and cash dojo dash shredder. He's like, what is he doing? <laughs> yeah. Just like painting messages on brick walls. It's the stupidest. I was, again, oh, I laughed out thing. loud when he's like, he left a message for you. And then it's just like, oh, there it is. Like, yeah. <laughs> and then as if yeah. he had to sign his name so yeah. they wouldn't. <laughs> I know. Just to make sure it's legit. Let me put my name yeah. at the bottom. Yeah, like no <laughs> riddles. Like, okay, it's exactly where to go. So, like, anyone who sees this, so like, what the hell? The yeah. slashing cash dojo. <laughs> <laughs> so then it, it uh, cuts oh, to. Oh, people. and then. Oh, sorry. I should just say that. So, yeah, it says, Meet me if you dare. And then the turtles go, they all say in unison, we dare. And then they all high five each other before they go over. Yeah. Super, super. I mean, maybe the cheesiest scene we've had yeah. so far. Like all we together. dare. Slap hands. Uh, so then it cuts to April. So she's trying to get to the turtles, I think, after her interaction with Burn. And she goes a layer, realizes there's trouble. And again, she follows the tunnel as well. So they're all just kind of like, hey, there's a big hole. Let me just see where it goes. Um, and throwing danger out the window. So 
splinter is brought uh, from Baxter to Shredder. And they have uh, some back and forth debating um, essentially like how well their students have been trained, I think is what happens here. So, um, you know, Splinter saying, you know, Shredder essentially like, like you're a shitty teacher. Your guys are going to fail to mine. Like my turtles are going to be superior. I'm not worried about it more or less. Um, so they're kind of going back and forth about the merits of their, their training and shredder immediately just like it was a trap like the quick ninja turtles i don't even care about this was a whole trap just to get you captured and then the turtles lured in so the, and then immediately the turtles show up like on cue and uh, meanwhile april's like coming up on exactly what's happening so she calls for camera backup like back at channel six like a van um video camera she wants to get all this on footage to essentially clear the name of the turtles and fall into the narrative of they're, they're actually the good guys, not the bad guys. And then in that same scene uh, with Splinter being, you know, hung up on the wall um, and tied up, Shredder reveals his megaton battering ram that will crush Splinter <laughs> if the turtles engage in battle with Shredder. And it's a very cliche battering ram. It's like a big fist. like going to punch him. Yeah, it's just it's <laughs> just gonna punch him and like squash him against the wall. And it's like the most like it's like a Rube Goldberg machine of like how this thing operates. Where that like, and I know like obviously it's cartoony or whatever, but it's just so funny that like all Shredder talks about is wanting to destroy the turtles and Splinter, and then the second he has Splinter and could just like off him, he's like, let me rig up this whole elaborate system so that if the turtles show up, I just punch you to smithereens with it. Also, yeah. like, how strong is this rope? Like this thing yeah. is like so heavy and it's just held up by like two ropes hanging from a couple like beams. And like the splinters ropes that he's hanging from are like limp. He's like yeah. hanging off the wall. So there's no tension on any of these, just like whole system. It just doesn't make sense. Maybe it's because Shredder doesn't like, he's trying to deflect any of the guilt he would feel of killing a splinter. So he's trying to make it like, well, the, tur the turtles forced me to do it. Yeah. Or he's just like sick and twisted and he's like, I want the turtles to kill you for me. Yeah, it's a very like saw, saw-esque yeah. moment. <laughs> yeah, I just want to point out a megaton is equivalent to 1 million tons of TNT. So like this thing would blow everything up, not just crush splinter. It would like, it would destroy everything. A million tons of TNT. Like that's unfathomable. Megaton's just a million tons then. But it yeah. has to be TNT. Well, I think that's the equivalent, like measurement force. of explosion or something. Yeah, oh. force. I don't think mega, megaton is not like a, a measurement of uh, it has to mass. Actually, no. That'd be like there's a is there a megameter or like a mega a unit? It's a unit of explosive power. It's called Chris. It's pronounced megameter. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so it's like I've heard of a one megaton bomb. So would you say it's it say it again? It's equivalent it's of a, a million tons of TNT exploding. A, a unit of explosive power chiefly used for nuclear weapons equivalent to 1 million tons of TNT. So he's basically dropping a nuke on Splinter's face. Yeah. <laughs> that Talk he's, about being a villain. Yeah, he suspended a nuke from the ceiling with like rope from a ship from the 1800s. Yeah. Um, yeah, so it reveals the, the, the battering ram and essentially like it, it lays it out like Shredder is just going to cut the rope and the ram's just going to come down and 
and blow everything up. So at that point, Baxter breaks through the wall. So this is what his trap is all about because he wanted to load the turtles there. Baxter breaks through the wall. He's driving the ultimate rat catching machine. And again, Chris kind of alluded to this earlier. Tires may be the weak point of this um, of this uh, device. Mm-hmm. And Leo pulls out the katanas and very stereotypically slashes right through the tires. And yeah, then he's got one he, move. Yeah. He's a meanwhile, tire meanwhile, Donnie, Raff, and Mikey, they jump into action and they just start smashing every contraption he has, like for arms and all these capturing devices. They just smash them off. I think one and, of them uh, was like a uh, Inspector Gadget style boxing glove at the end of like a extendo arm kind of thing. Yeah. Um, so Baxter jumps out, runs for his life. Um, at that moment, Shredder's like, oh, this is going bad. So let me just cut this, cut this battering ram rope, which he does. And Leo, he jumps into action. So after slashing the tires, he cuts splinters loose off the wall. All the while, like this battering ram is just like in slow-mo, just like coming down, I guess. <laughs> um, so he cuts splinter loose. And then meanwhile, Raph jumps into the ultimate rat catching machine and he drives it perfectly just to intercept where the battering ram is going to smash into splinter and he hops out last second battering ram hits the ultimate wreck catching machine and explosion but the best contained. part was that he like <laughs> cuts three of the ropes but leaves one on his arm and then turns around as this thing is presumably just careening at them and is like raf make sure you jump off of that thing and then he yeah. cuts him free and like runs out of the way He's always yeah. looking out for others, that Leo. What a guy. There's just so much time in between the arm starting to swing and everything that happens after. Yeah. Um, at that point, Shredder takes off. Police and the news crew arrive, and the turtles um, jump into the sewer. So, again, very like every episode so far, Shredder's plan gets sorted. The way turtles are like, we can't be seen by the police or the news crew. Let's get out of here. So they take off. Um, and Shredder calls back to Krang and he's basically like, Baxter fucked up my whole plan. Like it wasn't me. <laughs> he blames Baxter again. He's like, Baxter, this motherfucker. Like he just keeps fucking, fucking things Baxter's up. just, out. he's like, I think he's crazy. He's out of his mind. Yeah. He's well, got like also... the Jerry Seinfeld hair going, like mullet, <laughs> Sonic's head, the hedgehog style hair. Yeah. Does Krang even know that he's back in the pit? Like, I don't think they've talked since he was freed from the insane asylum. So no. Krang's probably like, what the fuck is Baxter doing back? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, and he has animosity towards Baxter anyway, because he's like, Shredder, why are you wasting your time? Like in the earlier episode with the Mausers, yeah. um, he's like, why are you wasting your time dinking around with this like stupid technology when we've got everything we need in Dimension X? Like just focus on, keep your eye on the prize. Like don't worry about these, these minuscule things. But needless to say, Shredder blames Baxter and Krang's like essentially... Shredder, I'm not helping you anymore until you prove yourself, period. Like, you're not getting any help from me, any resources. Like, grow up, sack up, and do your job. (laughs) And then Shredder, immediately, he pledges not to rest until he defeats the Turtles. Shredder pledged that, like, six times in this episode. I know. I know. I thought his original plan was to just eliminate Splinter, and the Turtles just happened to be there. Now he's just, like, tunnel vision on the Turtles. Yeah, and I think... I think that's still the underlying plan is like he, he really wants to take out Splinter because that's his arch nemesis. Yoshi and Saki, like it goes back a long time ago, but the turtles keep messing things up. So he's building this grudge against the turtles where he's like, I'm taking them all out 
And like sometimes like we saw in previous episodes, April is also the target of like the Mausers um, or some of his plans because she also gets in the way. And so he's basically like his list of people to take out is growing and growing and he's becoming less and less effective. But the good news is um, it cuts to April, uh, the turtles watching TV in the lair and April appears on channel six news and she outs the crooked Ninja turtle gang. So she sets the record records clear. There is no green turtle menace. These were imposters trying to spread bad news. The Ninja turtles, you know, save the day again. Um, and, um, then, then we get, uh, a quick scene that cuts to burn and his girlfriend again, debating, you know, she accuses him like you're a turtle lover. You're, you're letting your news reporter talk about how great the turtles are. You must love turtles. And he's like, no, honey, I don't. And then Irma comes in and she's like, Hey, burn, uh, you ordered the mock turtle soup. Right. And immediately the girlfriend's like, you're, you're such a scumbag. And she like flips the soup on his face. Which in so, theory, if you're eating a turtle, yeah. I would think that would help his case, not hurt it. Right. But yeah. Yeah. If you, you guys know what your mock turtle soup, turtle I have no soup, idea what it is. Yeah. We'll just look it up because I'm like, there's no way that's actual turtle soup, right? There are turtle soups. I just don't think it's common yeah, in America. It's uh it's a wonderfully old timey soup that in, contains ground beef or ground turkey. It kind of looks like a chili. Mock but it's supposed to be like yeah yeah alternative but it's supposed to be like in the same vein because mock turtle means fake turtle right yeah what kind of broth is it yeah so this so here's the ingredients this i don't know if this is real or not ground beef hot water one small bottle of ketchup three finely chopped hard-boiled eggs the juice of one lemon two medium no not two medium onions 30 ginger snap cookies and three quarters of a bottle of Worcestershire sauce. This sounds like dad's, uh, what was that awful it's, soup? Jumbots too. Yeah. That doesn't, it sounds like you just made that up, John. I yeah. swear to God. 30 ginger like, snap cookies and soup. It's disgusting. Yeah. That sounds gross. Disgusting. I would eat a real turtle. Probably tastes like chicken. I think I had Chicken-y. turtle when I was in France, maybe. I'm trying to remember frog. frog isn't bad yeah but i had a chick i had chicken feet there's a really 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 good dim sum place uh in chinatown here which actually if you get Andrew, if you ever come back we should probably go to because chris you too because it's so good <clears throat> but they had um i tried chicken feet for the first time which was they were really chicken good feet are good i haven't had chicken like, feet yet they're a little gelatinous but they're good yeah it's kind of yeah. like yeah the like college you're eating basically yeah, I um, worst probably uh, eating experience in my life when I was in France. I forget what they call it. There's a name for it in uh, like the cuisine in, in French, but it's basically um, pig hawk. So like the hoof almost of a pig. And they, I mean, when I was looking to my right, I thought they like, it kind of looked like it was um, like air fried in a way. It was like crispy on the outside, kind of like pork rindy, you know? And then yeah. I was like, oh, you know but I bit into it and it, it probably the closest thing I could imagine to being a cannibal, like biting through human flesh. It was so gelatinous and Ew. collagen and there was no meat and it was soggy and it was wet. And I almost immediately threw up and it cost me like 50 euro or something crazy like that. Yeah. Terrible. I've had like, like ham hock, like stew. 
Yeah. Or like you do it with like in a gravy with rice and that's good. But yeah, this was yeah, just like the whole hawk. Anyway. Yeah, it was gross. Yeah. Terrible. But um anyway, getting back to wrapping up the uh, the episode here. So after that burn and, and girlfriend interaction, then we get uh again it goes back to the turtles in the lair watching TV and uh April winks at the end of her uh newscast and they're all debating you know, oh, she was winking at me. Now, Mikey, she was winking at me, blah, blah, blah. And then at the end, she comes back on live TV, I guess. And she's like, that wink was meant for Splinter. And then there's some cheesy, like Splinter's like, you know, cliche. Old age um, has its benefits. Old age has yeah, its benefits. Which is yeah. like a creepy, really creepy ass thing to say right at the end of the episode. This yeah. is the horniest episode they've had. <laughs> it's like everyone just like wants to get it in. Yep. So that that concludes um, season two, episode one. Yeah, good. I would say for like John mentioned, they recap a little bit, but it's a good. I was curious how long it was going to take Shredder to get back. Apparently, it's just the next episode, but it's a good like seems like a good setup episode for the rest of the season. Mm-hmm. Yeah, pretty action packed. You know, it was, it was a pretty dense episode, so a lot going on. Um, but you know, uh, as with as with previous podcast episodes, we'll uh, wrap this one up with an update to our villain power ranking. And we'll walk through what we believe to be updates to previous villains. And then we've got a new set of villains uh, here, which is the Crooked Ninja Turtle gang. So let me share. Oh, I didn't even think about them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I was thinking like the other ones to potentially add are just like the, the hooligans at the start, but they're just kind of like whatever, you know? Yeah. Like it's not like yeah, and I th- they're just crime. Yeah, and Do I think they we maybe, all or no? No, and I think maybe that's one thing we need to establish in the future is like non reoccurring. They at least have to make X number of episodes. Um, but we'll save that that debate for another day. Um what I do want to do is just run down the current ranking from last episode, and then we'll again change the order if we feel a need to, and then we'll plop in the Cricket Ninja Troll game gang where we feel that they fit best. So previously we had Krang number one, Shredder number two, General Trag and Granitor number three, Roadkill Rodney's number four, Mousers number five, Bebop and Rocksteady at six, Punks at seven, Baxter Stockman at eight, the Foot Soldiers at nine. And again, that is uh, most villainous or best villain to worst villain. So any thoughts on rearranging of the villain power ranking? John? Uh, I would only say, like, I think it's fine what we have at the top. I was debating on Baxter Stockman and his, um, where he lands. I mean, he's kind of like ineffective, but he did capture Splinter pretty easily. I think that the general theme here is that Splinter is very easily captured. So, so maybe far, it's not I would that agree. as a pre- yeah. It's like, is it really that impressive of a feat? I mean, so Shredder's caught him twice or once, and Baxter's caught him once. Is that right? Kind of twice. I I was going to make the case that Baxter Stockman should go all, all the way up to number three. What? The, was the ultimate ratch catcher instantly caught him. He came yeah, through the wall that, and caught him instantly. It was instantly defeated by the turtles. But it wasn't meant to fight the turtles. Yeah. Well, he the mouse, his, two, his two inventions have been meant to catch Splinter, and he's caught him. 
he caught him instantly with the ultimate rat catcher. And the Mousers, if you remember, when he was in the building with April, like he was about to, they were about to get captured. And then the turtles came in and like screwed everything up. But he, for what he's being asked to do, he's executing. Uh, I'm just going to say this. He, his rat catcher got shredded instantly. And then he's like, Splinter, save me. I'm helpless. He was like being a little baby after he got defeated. He's like, I can't go on. Like, I don't know what to do. You have to help me. And then he gets slung. Anytime he gets slung over the shoulder by someone else, instantly bad. Yeah, it's a little, it's a little emasculating, but he's, he's an <clears throat> insane person. I do agree, though. He is, he's two for two, basically, on his inventions. So the, I guess the real question is, is he better than General Trag and Granitor? They never because well we ha- they, we had them at three because why do we have them at three again? Overall goodness. In they did no, didn't they catch? They did something good. What did they do? They were only in one episode. They fought the turtles and lost ultimately. No, but they they defeated them with the guns. Remember that's why we're oh, like oh yeah they, yeah yeah <clears throat> the turtles like ran away from them basically yeah yeah. I think better than the world. He's better than the world kill Rodney's, I think, because they captured Splinter once. Yeah, that's fine. All right, move him up. Right behind General Trag. Yeah, I think that's a that's a fair. Uh, and then compromise. I was gonna say. I mean, Shredder. He did better this episode. Krang was kind of inactive. I kind of want to move Shredder up. But Krang is owning Shredder right now, so it's kind of yeah. hard. It's yeah, hard. Power, to move. power dynamic is Krang on top. Like, yeah. look at, look at, if you just put in a vacuum what Shredder did, he defeated the two punks. He, so he, with zero resources, he got a bunch of money from the punks in the park. Mm-hmm. Then he took over a dojo and trained his own guys. Then he had the wherewithal to bring Baxter Stockman back. It's just he messed up the the giant battery ram. That's the only the thing mega, he did. Megaton. But he still is Krang's bitch. So I don't know if you yeah, can put him does. ahead of him yet. Yeah, and it is pretty villainous of Craig Crang to yeah. <laughs> Craig <laughs> fuck his inferiors over. Yeah, yeah, just yeah, just like send him off by himself. Keep his goon now. Bebop and Rocksteady are mocking, openly mocking Shredder. Yeah, on yeah. the TV. So that is pretty also villainous. like what the f? Like Crane doesn't give a shit about the turtles. No, right? I mean, he's he made like it. He's made it very like yeah, yeah. He's made it very clear. Like he want he didn't care about the turtles. They were a distraction more than anything. Like he wants to dominate the universe. More or less. Do we know yet how Crane ended up with Shredder? No. Nope. We just know Crane got I, banished and then they were together, right? Yeah. I don't I know if we ever find that out. I don't know. Okay. Any other movement? Mm, no. Um, right. Yeah, I was going to say, did Bebop and Rocksteady do anything, but they didn't really do anything in this episode. And then I no. guess what do we do with the Crooked Turtle gang? So they, I think they're on par with the punks because they are also just committing good crime. Like they're good at committing crimes, but they got owned by the turtles. I think, yeah. Better so I think for that soldiers. reason, better than the foot shoulders, but below the punks because the punks at least trapped April, like the crooked ninja troll game didn't do anything other than commit, you know, petty, you know, yeah. theft or whatever. Yeah, so for me, they're, any fight at all. yeah. So for me, I'd slot them right here. Yeah. That's fine. Yeah. If you get tires, if tires are, are what are making Springs. you effective, yeah, yeah, because the only machines are your downfall, then yeah, 
you can't be that high on the list. Yeah, and the only reason I wouldn't put I wouldn't put them below the foot soldiers is because the foot soldiers are getting sliced in half by Leo and stuff. So like they're worse in that regard. You know, like they their fighting style is, is not as good. So yeah, yeah, I think that's uh that's pretty good for the villain power ranking. So now we're gonna move over to. Pizza time. The so, do we need to time. discuss the ingredients here? We sort yeah, of tabled and that I did, debate initially. Yeah, and I did not, for that reason, I did not add. So, I'm going to add some text here. But as we talk, I'll add them, and then I'll get the the images for next time. So, so I do yeah, apologize we, for that. We definitely have peanut butter and jelly, and then what was it? Chocolate fudge and caramel. Was that it? Something yeah. Like so that. I'm gonna, yeah, I'm gonna stop sharing this for a sec. So let's debate that while I update. Um, Actually, update here's the wheel. a debate for you. What's your stance on fudge? Too dense. Do you, like it? Do you like chocolate fudge? Do you like the turtle one? Is it like white chocolate fudge? I like Too one dense, bite of said? fudge. One bite of fudge, <clears throat> that's it. Like you're just talking a block of fudge? Yeah. Yeah, too, too dense. I'm not big on chocolate, really, either. Hmm. Okay, I like cho- I like chocolate, but fudge is just like so rich. I feel like when you bite into it, like it's overwhelming to your senses. So if you eat a whole block of fudge, you're there's something Sick. happens to your brain. Yeah, just like your brain can't handle it, and then your body's just like repulsed by how much pure sugar is just entering your bloodstream. It's like the kind of sweet that you bite. It's like overly sweet. You bite into it, and you can like feel it. Yeah, I like fudge. Yeah. Yeah, we have peanut butter and jelly, chocolate chips and caramel fudge were the two for sure that were mentioned. Chocolate chips and what caramel is, fudge. I mean, what is, I don't really know what fudge is. What is fudge? How do you make fudge? Uh, it's like cocoa, milk, flour. It's like brownie batter, just super thick. Yeah. The thickest brownie you'll ever eat. There's like fudgy style brownies. Oh, ooh, do you like a cake Brownie, or do you like a fudge brownie? Fudge. Like the corner piece. A little chewy. Yeah, but chewy. that's not my question. He likes like the, the fudgy, fudgy. The more fudgy. dense. I don't really know the difference. The, I don't know that I know the difference. The density. Like, do you yeah. like a cakier? Yeah, what, what's the instant brownie? brownie? Kind? There's a different. You can make them either one. It's like how many eggs you add, basically, is yeah. the difference between them. I like one that's something. like the like a cosmic brownie. That's fudgy. Yeah, that's yeah fudge. fudge. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, fudge is just sugar, milk, butter, more or less. Yeah, that's yeah. disgusting. So back to the pizzas. Do we want to include the tofu and bean sprout, desiccated liver, wheat churn, etc.? Yeah, yeah, I think, yeah, for the point that you made earlier, I'm going to okay. send my debate because I think, yeah. Those, we don't want to those are very interesting. If whoever gets desiccated liver. I... Yeah, so what What was it? What were the other ones? Did you run it down, Andrew? Yeah. Um... Wheat germ, tofu and bean sprout, liver, desiccated liver, wheat germ, and those are the only three I picked up on. Desiccated liver, desiccated liver. Yeah, that one's going to be interesting. What was the wheat wheat germ? It was like pretty neutral. I think any just moving forward, any if there's a reference to a pizza, obviously, or any unique ingredient mentioned. I think it makes it better if we just add it to the wheel. Okay. Well, in that... Desiccated vein, liver is just a supplement. What does that mean? It, what is, just, what like does desiccated a, mean? 
a desiccant. It's, it's like um dry, yeah, like freeze like dried, freeze dried yeah. almost. Yeah. yeah, dried and powdered. Yeah, like all the moisture is removed. Yeah, so it's just so. dried and powdered liver. I I will say whoever gets that, I don't know if that's available, but we could just go with regular liver, maybe. Oh no, I, I hate liver. I don't know. Did we just say beef liver? You can do chicken livers. Ugh. I don't like any of like internal organs. Just it's not my thing. Yeah. Not a big organ guy. But heart's good. Who, I've had heart. Who, heart. who is up this time, Chris? Yeah. Uh, yeah, it's me. So which one? No, no, no. Isn't it you? Well, how many have you had? No, I just went ice cream and just done two. Whatever. Yeah. I just, I, we, I did, I just went last week. No, I've done two. Raisin Bran. It's Andrew's turn. Yeah, Andrew's. Yeah. Is it? All right. Yeah. yeah. Trying to skip the yeah. pizza wheel. I hope you get desiccated liver. It's crazy. I already have it again. Um, all right. So, again, I'm going to stay consistent. I'm hoping for sashimi. And I'm really, I mean, <clears> desiccated <throat> liver. Oh, I got to take off anchovies and peanut butter. Desiccated liver doesn't sound terrible because it's powdered. But out of the options there, I would say it's still probably the worst. I just need to remove. Which one did you do, John? Anchovies. anchovies and peanut butter. That was a hard. That was bad. Yeah. All I'm I have hope. to say, I guess my rating, I gave it a three out of ten. Andrew, you gave pepperoni and ice cream a two out of ten. Yeah, it was too wet. Uh oh, desiccated <laughs> liver. It is. What? Wheat germ. Wheat germ. Honey, what is wheat germ? That's like wheat seeds. That's like ger. It's like seeds that have germinated. Yeah, germinated. Yeah, like germinated. partially germinated wheat, crunchy yeah, powder, crunchy. Yeah. We it's like a healthy pizza. You could probably put that in the crust. No, you have yeah. to put it as a topping. I'm just gonna. Sure. That's fine. That's not. That's a. That's a real. I feel like that's gonna be a neutral pizza. Yeah. Where's wheat germ? Just texture. Nothing probably. It's just gonna give texture. All right, so I'll do that. I'll prep that for um, next episode. Wheat germ pizza. And uh, we'll jump into season two, episode episode two. And who's hosting next episode? Me. John. Right? Your John. Perfect. J-Bones. J-Man. Any, any closing thoughts, Chris? I got nothing. Or hopes for the next episode? Um, I'd like to see a new, some new characters introduced. So they yeah. set the stage probably. I mean, we had the, the gang or whatever, but I'd like to see like a new like Krang shredder level villain come in at some point. Mm-hmm. Are you John? Yeah. I'm hoping for ace duck or the Genghis frog. He said those are episode eight, didn't he? It is yeah, um, open. Yeah. The frog. Um, let's see. The name of the next episode is the incredible shrinking turtles. Interesting. I was in the pool. I was in the pool. <laughs> <laughs> incredible Maybe, shrinking I think I shrunk the kids yeah I, d- I don't recall this episode so I guess we're all in store for for a uh, surprise but I'm with you I, I think the Krang Shredder thing starting to get old a little bit and so it'd be nice to have a little diversity in terms of villains or just characters in general so yeah like Shredder's gonna start building up his his dimension now the Krang's out of the picture I, f- I see some villains coming in cool All right. Well, until next time, cowabunga. Yeah. See you next week. Au revoir.